It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. Okay, welcome to the show. It is Unsportsmanlike here on ESPN Radio, ESPN2. We are uh, presented by Progressive Insurance. She is Michelle Smallman. He is Chris Canty. I am Evan Cohen. Well done by Javante Lawrence. Yes, it is the first of the month. Yes, it is sung and rapped by Bone Thugs and Harmony. Yes, they are from Cleveland. And yes, Josh McDaniels is also from Cleveland, and he may be going back there. Good morning, everybody. Hope everybody enjoyed their Halloween last night. Yes, in the middle of the night, second straight day for us, that we have a middle-of-the-night story. Yesterday, we had the James Harden trade broken by Adrian Wojnarowski in the middle of the night. And last night, in the middle of the night, Adam Schefter broke the news that the Las Vegas Raiders fired head coach Josh McDaniels and general manager Dave Ziegler. They replaced them with Antonio Pierce, former Giants linebacker. Hello. And, um, of former course, Chris Candy teammate, too. Former right, Chris Candy right. teammate. There we go, yep. And um, uh, Champ Kelly is going to be the general manager there, the interim on both. CC, your reaction to the news when you heard it this morning? Uh, I felt like it was the right move, even though it might have been done for the wrong reasons. Mark Davis feels a little bit impetuous with the timing of this decision. Uh, they got embarrassed on Monday Night Football, and as most owners do, when they get embarrassed, they make knee-jerk decisions, and Smalls, this feels like one of them. Yeah, it absolutely does, but I, I'm just kind of surprised at the timing of this, even despite the loss, just because it felt like there was other candidates in the NFL that we had on hotter seats than Josh McDaniels. Even though the record hasn't been great and things seem to be deteriorating there, we see Devontae Adams uh, unhappy, obviously, with his situation. I just didn't think that Mark Davis would make this move now. I agree with both of you on this, and it gets me to the place that I want to be clear on something. I believe that Jimmy Garoppolo got both of these guys fired. They put themselves in a position to get fired, right? Jimmy Garoppolo not working out doesn't get Andy Reid fired. It doesn't get Mike Tomlin fired. So you have to put yourself in that position to potentially get fired. I believe Mark Davis on Monday night made the decision as the owner of this team. This guy is not the right quarterback. They want to continue to play him. I've had enough of him. Take the over, by the way, in terms of Devontae Adam catches, Adams catches in the next game. They're going to throw to him every single play, basically. You pick the wrong quarterback. You put yourself in a position to get fired. Well, here's the other part that you have to consider. Devontae Adams, for the better part of the last year, has been screaming about things needing to change in Vegas. Yeah. Even going back to the end of last season when they decided to bench Derek Carr, his good buddy college teammate, Devontae has been talking about his frustrations and how things in the organization – are not set up for this team to be successful. And I think it reached an inflection point on Monday night in the optics of Devontae Adams slamming his helmet after he's overthrown by Jimmy Garoppolo, not once, but for the second time in that game, a situation where you're probably talking about points if he if they're able to connect, if he's able to make that catch. I think that's the flashpoint for Mark Davis in saying, you know what, this is not working. But I guess my question to Mark Davis would be, what made you think Josh McDaniels was going to work for where your franchise was at? This was a franchise that was embroiled in turmoil. I mean, you had what happened to John Gruden in the leaked emails leading to him being fired. You had the Henry Ruggs tragedy. You had Chandler Jones earlier this year. What, what made you think that Josh McDaniels was going to step in 
and quell all of the controversy, all of the noise surrounding your football team, things that were being talked about that had nothing to do with the on-the-field product. What made you think Josh McDaniels was the right fit? When I go back and look at the coaches hired in that cycle, I mean, three of the coaches that were hired actually helped their team make the playoffs. Brian Dayball, Mike McDaniel, and Doug Peterson. Mm. You, 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 had a, you had a 50% chance at hiring one of those coaches. There were six coaches that were hired in that cycle, and you chose Josh McDaniel to be the guy. I, I, just, I don't understand why you would think that that would be the right fit for where your program was at, but that speaks to why the Raiders have been one of the most dysfunctional franchises over the course of the last two decades. They say a fish rots from the head down. I will give Mark Davis credit for making the right decision, even though he did it for the wrong reasons. But ultimately, he's the one that put himself in this situation where he's now looking for a, a third head coach in as many years. Yeah, I'm with you, CC. I didn't really understand the hire, but I, I, I guess I never really understood why Josh McDaniels kept getting the benefit of the doubt outside of New England because we had had data points that he is not the same coach, A, as a head coach, and B, outside of New England and Bill Belichick. And I know that it's easy to get enamored with what he's accomplished in this league, and it's easy to want to get some of that Bill Belichick Tom Brady residue and apply it to your franchise but he was not great at the as the head coach of the Denver Broncos Mm. he had the situation where he left them at the altar in Indy he was not great as the offensive coordinator with the St. Louis Rams and I don't understand why he continues to get the benefit of the doubt that he's going to be a coach that can come in and turn around your organization because he was all-time great as an offensive coordinator with the Patriots like he is he was so phenomenal at that role but that does not mean you're going to be a great head coach and that's where the hiring cycle is actually really difficult in my opinion because where do you hire like how do you go why would Eric Bieniemy not be a head coach by now it doesn't make any sense because he was also great with the Kansas City Chiefs I think we get we have to separate two things everything mm. you just said Smalls in terms of the negatives Factually, a thousand percent true. I can't fight any of those. He got fired in year two with the Broncos when he was with Steve Spagnola in the with the Rams in that one year. He was with the Patriots by the end of the year. He was with was, them by the end brutal. of the year, right? So I understand that. But with New England, he was so unbelievable for so long, and he he was great with Mac Jones. Think about how hard that has become, right? So that's why people get enamored by him, and and we can't even do the Belichick assistant stink, because one of the positive examples, at least in year one, that was just brought up was Brian Dayball, who was a longtime Patriots assistant, but there are guys around the league. But that, Brian Dayball went to another place yes, and, became, and became a really, really good offensive coordinator yes, in Buffalo, working with and developing Josh Allen, before he took the head coaching job with the New York Giants. Correct. So we saw proof of concept as a good and NFL coach away from Bill Belichick for Brian Dable. We can't say that about Josh no, McDaniels. No, and that's why that's why like for me as a Pats fan, the idea of him coming back would be amazing. For him as for his career, him coming back would make no sense. Josh McDaniels needs to go somewhere else and he's never going to be a head coach again on no, purpose. On no, purpose. No. He could be an interim head coach one day. He's no. never going to be a head coach in the NFL on purpose again. I think he could be a college coach. I think he would have a shot in college somewhere. And I think the Belichick assistants, if you look at it, historically have fared much better as head coaches in college because the idea of building a program cannot be done in the NFL. One of the scary things here is that NFL head coaches get two years max now. If you're not really good within two years, like Brian Dayball by the end of the season could be on the hot seat with the Giants. Think about that. Well, it just depends on what it looks like, how bad it is, right? right? It's bad right now. The contrast, right? You you were a team that won – 10 games last year if you include the playoff win in Minnesota and now to be a team that's won two, 
uh, leading into week nine, it's probably not a great place to be. But but I guess I look at the Josh McDaniels situation and you think about the dysfunction that's been around the Raiders. This is a team that's had 12 different head coaches over the last 20 years. 12! Like, like, at some point, it's hard to get on solid footing when you have that much turnover at such a consequential position within your team. Like, Let me this, ask a quick follow-up on go that because it's interesting that you bring this up. So you said to start this show today, two things. You said Josh McDaniels, not very good, deserves to have his, you know, to not be a head coach. And something's got to be said about Mark Davis. What does it say about the ownership of the Raiders that that stat is a factual one that you just brought up? He doesn't know what it takes to win. That's what it says about him. He does not know what it takes to win. And he needs somebody to come save him from himself. And that's where spinning this thing forward, we have to think about who are the short list of candidates that we would trust to come in and be the czar of the football operations in Las Vegas. Who do you feel comfortable giving carte blanche to to come in and not only run the team, but run the football operations, making sure that you have a good program that gets the most out of your people, develops your players and assistant coaches, and could potentially be in charge of the final roster, the final 53? Who's the individual that you trust in high-level football to do that? I was talking with Hembo on the way in this morning, and you know, we, we said that it would probably be a handful of people when you think about what's in the college ranks and the pro ranks, but I don't even know if the list is that long. You're I, saying I mean, somebody above the GM to hire the GM and hire the coach, that kind of Yeah, person. exactly. Yeah. Like, if you think about how San Francisco 49ers set it up, Kyle Shanahan is not only the head coach, but he has final say over the 53, and he went out and hired John Lynch, somebody that he obviously has a relationship with because John played for his dad, Mike. I mean, Andy Reid out there in Kansas City, he works hand-in-glove with Brett Veach, the general manager there. But if Big Red wants something, guess what? It's going to happen. But the Raiders tried this, and it failed. I don't trust Mark Davis to be the one to hire that person. They tried it with Gruden. Well, they tried it with Gruden. And and who's to say what would have happened with Gruden? It just didn't work out because we didn't get to see the end of that movie with the leaked emails, and Gruden ended up getting fired. So I I don't know what that situation would have been. I guess my whole point is it's obvious that the owner doesn't know what he's doing. And, and so you have to have somebody that can come in, and maybe they're there for a good time, not a long time, but get the franchise on solid footing where they can have sustained success for the next decade. That was the calling card of my former head coach, Bill Parcells. Once he left the New York Giants, Bill would go set up shop for a place, you know, four or five years. He would get them on solid footing. He would draft well. He would build the culture, and then he would leave. And guess what? Those franchises were set up to have sustained success for the foreseeable future. He did it with the New England Patriots. He did it with the Miami Dolphins. He did it with the New York Jets to some degree. Like, that that was what Bill Parcells, he did it with the Dallas Cowboys. That's what Bill Parcells does. Who is this generation's version of Bill Parcells? That's the person that your boy Mark Davis needs to go out and find. Who's that person? I, I don't know. I mean, is it Jim Harbaugh? Is it a situation where you go to Jim Harbaugh and you say, listen, we're going to give you a blank check Come in and run the organization. I, I get it. It's an expensive proposition, but that is the position that Mark Davis has put himself in. When you consider where this team is, when you consider the division and the conference they play in, it's hard to assume that this is going to be one of the more attractive jobs in the National Football League that's going to be available. So you have to have the extra carrot, the incentive to come in and take this job. And somebody has to have confidence that they're going to have the full backing of ownership, which in a lot of ways means control. If you want a competent candidate, if you want somebody that you already have proof of concept on, it's going to be expensive. Not just in dollars, but in terms of control of the franchise. Mm -hmm. To me, that is the only way forward for Mark Davis. 
Now, I think Jim Harbaugh will be a name on the list. He's probably not the only coach. Former Raider, obviously. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think but I think that's something that merits consideration. But that's who they should be looking for spinning this thing forward, Smalls. They need somebody, in my opinion, like a Mike Tomlin. Like a guy who's going to come in and be as steady as they come, who guys love to play for, but who's never going to make it about them. Because I know in Vegas it feels like maybe we get somebody flashy or somebody that's like an exciting name. But I think you just laid it out perfectly with all of the turmoil that's been happening in that organization over the past few years. I think they just need somebody who's going to come in and not be the headline and be all about football and be a steadying force. Kind of like what Dan Campbell did in Detroit. Well, you know, they had somebody like that in Rich Basaccia as their interim head coach. And remember, that team went to the playoffs. Remember, they, they had Derek Carr, and, and it was after what happened with John Gruden, after what happened with Henry Ruggs. They actually made the playoffs with Rich Passaccia as the interim head coach, and they decided that wasn't good enough. That wasn't sexy enough. Right. So they went out and got Josh McDaniels. Now, here's the interesting thing. I think firing McDaniels now gives you an opportunity to interview coaches that are available, that are not employed by NFL teams, but it also gives you a chance to sit down with coaches in the college ranks that could potentially be interested in the job. I think you have to take advantage of the timing of that because you get a jump start on your head coaching coach as opposed to any of the other teams that are looking to make a move at that spot. But then the other thing is you give Antonio Pierce, a former NFL player, former Super Bowl champion, an opportunity to see what he can do. And this time around, if you're in interim head coach does the job, if they have a winning record under Antonio Pierce, maybe it warrants a little more consideration than you gave Rich Passaccia at the time. Just maybe. Because that's the part of this where it's hard to ignore Mark Davis glossing over people that he might have in the building that can actually do the job too. Again, this comes down to can you prove that you're a good NFL head coach? Rich Passaccia did that in an interim title, but that wasn't good enough for Mark Davis. If Antonio Pierce can pull off that kind of that kind of season, that kind of second half, then maybe that warrants some consideration. But if not, then I think you got to go with somebody that's already shown they can do the job. Uh, interesting name with Jim Harbaugh. As I said, former Raider coach uh, in 2002 3 he was there. So he, he has familiarity with the organization. Did not play there, and I apologize if I made it seem like he played there, but he was a former Raider coach that maybe there's some familiarity there. But that's interesting. Who would you hire to run the Raiders? CC is saying, forget head coach initially. You need somebody to run it. Now, if it's head coach, you can run it like Harbaugh. Different story. 888-SAY-ESPN is the number to be a part of the show. Unsportsmanlike Nation. Dr. Pepper call in line. ESPN Nation is presented by Dr. Pepper. It's not college football season without the delicious taste of an ice cold Dr. Pepper. The ones fans deserve. 888-SAY-ESPN. 888-729-3776. If you had to hire one person now with Josh McDaniels out to run that team, who would you hire? Plus, yesterday was the NFL trade deadline. We'll dive into that next. It's Unsportsmanlike on ESPN Radio. This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do. Big, small. And when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had happen in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest, and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who have experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash unsportsmanlike today 
to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash unsportsmanlike. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric E-Bikes today, the number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus, electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome. So you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S.com. We speculated on our show just a couple of days ago that the Washington Commanders could be a key team at the trade deadline Seems like we were right on that. It's on Sportsmanlike on ESPN Radio. Hello, Michelle Smallman, Chris Canty, Evan Cohen with you. If you're just tuning in, yes, at 1 a.m. or so Eastern time, the Las Vegas Raiders announced that they are firing their – they fired their head coach and general manager, Josh McDaniels, Dave Ziegler, two guys that are most known for their days with the Patriots. McDaniels out after – Two almost two seasons, three and five this year, nine and sixteen combined after his almost two seasons in Denver, eleven and seventeen overall. Uh, it doesn't seem like Jimmy G is going to play much anymore for them. Aiden O'Connell will probably get the start for them this week. Antonio Pierce uh, with the Raiders, that is their new head coach, former CC teammate, and their first game for the Raiders with Antonio Pierce is against. You know it. The New York Giants, of you course, know the it. former team. Uh, interim <laughs> coach bump is a thing. I tell you right now, bet on the Raiders. Interim coach bump, we always see it. But yesterday, we thought the biggest NFL story, guys, was going to be the trade deadline, 4 p.m. Eastern, came and went. Washington made the two biggest moves. We saw them move. Their two defensive ends, Chase Young goes to San Fran. Montez Sweat goes to Chicago. Which one is more impactful here now and long term? Well, I think the Chase Young is more impactful because the San Francisco 49ers actually have a chance to compete for a championship. I think Chicago is preparing for the future, and I know a lot of folks are like, why are they throwing a premium pick at a pass rusher at this juncture of their season, knowing that this is a franchise that's poised to do a hard reset when it comes to their head coach and quarterback. And what I would say to that is they're taking a team need off of the board now because of – the opportunity, right? You're, you're always going to need pass rushers. You can never have enough of them. So going at or after Montez Sweat, getting a former first-round pick, a guy that's been able to stay healthy, a guy that's had a lot of production, makes a ton of sense. He's got length. He's got athleticism. He has the ability to finish. He's got a lot of tools in the tool bag as a pass rusher. He gives them a cornerstone, a building block piece moving forward for this team. And I think from a timeline standpoint, matches up with what the Chicago Bears are trying to do. So I, I like the addition. You saw what they did this past offseason by being able to add Tremaine Edmonds, their inside linebacker. So now you've added a big piece on their front seven, and, and we'll see how they continue to work it. As far as the San Francisco 49ers, being able to get the former Ohio State teammates, uh, Nikki Bosa and Chase Young together, I think it was a tremendous move. And clearly it was a, a situation where they had to address their, 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 their past defense Their secondary had allowed some big plays over the three-game losing streak. And so I think 
outside of addressing the actual cornerback position, this was the next best thing, Smalls, being able to put more heat on the quarterback. Absolutely. They were like, our defense has looked uncharacteristic the past two weeks. We've lost three in a row. We have lost the division lead. The team that we're now chasing has gone out and fortified their defense. They needed to make a move and decided to double down on what's been great for them, the defense, even though we have seen them slip in a couple weeks. But I just thought that this was such a great move for San Francisco and would not be surprised if, just like last year, this is a move that puts them in position, again, to compete for a championship. Let's let's talk about the Bears part of this. I want to go back to that for a second. You brought it up, CC. It's hard, I'm sure, for the average everyday fan to sit there and say, wait, what? The Bears are making win-now moves? Because this guy is a free agent at the end of the year. How valuable is it in your mind to for a team to get a guy into the building to try to recruit him while they have him to want to stay there? Well, I think it's important. You, know, you want to see how it works in terms of this guy in your locker room with the personalities that you have, and then with his skill set matched with the personnel you have on the field. I, I think all of those things matter in terms of the evaluation and knowing what the price tag is going to be for a pass rusher like Chase Young, who's in his mid-20s and that's had production when he's been healthy. You, you want to make sure that it actually works out the way that you envision it. So I, I think this is an amazing test run for the San Francisco 49ers, being able to add a guy like this at the deadline, somebody that can be impactful, somebody that doesn't need a whole lot of other guys in order to do his job, and and you have the opportunity to get first crack at re-signing him because he's in your building. To me, it makes a ton of sense, but make no mistake about it. The San Francisco 49ers are displaying the requisite urgency that they need to because of the opportunity that's in front of them. We've talked about it over the last couple of weeks. The window for the San Francisco 49ers ain't wide open. There's a finite period of time with this core of players because of age and injury and the contracts, the salaries that you have to pay over the next several years. So they've got to get this done. To me, the Chase Young trade is a win-now move and one that they should be applauded for. You kept talking about how the runway is short for them to win a championship. And we are the founding members of the Brock Purdy fan club, but it hasn't been exactly what we wanted over the the past few weeks with Brock Purdy. Not at all. (laughs) Not at all. We still love Brock Purdy. But I think if you're San Francisco and you're the powers that be, you're – in, in some way doubling down on what has made you successful, maybe in spite of what you've seen from Brock, Brock Purdy recently. Yeah, here's the thing. You weren't able to close the deal when it came to Joe Burrow. You, you were able to get around him. You weren't able to get him on the ground. This is another guy that can get him on the ground. Now, remember a few weeks ago they traded for Randy Gregory from the Denver Broncos. He was a cast off out there in Sean Payton's regime. So, so we'll see how all of those different pass rushers work together. But it's not as if the San Francisco 49ers hadn't been hitting the quarterback. I mean, they're second in quarterback knockdowns and they're top five in quarterback knockdown percentage. You're hitting the quarterback a hell of a lot. Mm-hmm. So you basically took a strength and added to it by trading for Chase Young. I just don't know that it is going to mask the deficiency on the back end of that defense, especially at the cornerback position against teams that have better offensive lines and have dominant, dominant number one wide receivers and top-tier quarterback play. That becomes the question because for the 49ers, it ain't just about getting into the playoffs. It's about being able to beat the Dallas Cowboys, being able to beat the Philadelphia Eagles, being able to beat the Detroit Lions, the better teams in the conference on your way to trying to get to a Super Bowl. I don't know how much closer the Chase Young move makes the team as a whole when you start looking at the ultimate goal, which is winning a Super Bowl. We sat here yesterday and we said that the Arizona Cardinals were making an interesting move in benching Josh Dobbs, and we all did the Brian Windhorse, what is the, you know, what's going on in Arizona. Well, Josh Dobbs gets traded to the Minnesota Vikings. Kirk Cousins gets hurt. They don't commit to a long-term quarterback. Josh Dobbs 
to me, is it, it's a suitable replacement in the moment right now. I, I like that for Minnesota, no? No, I like it for Minnesota. And even if they don't get to the postseason, I like the message that it sends to Justin Jefferson and Jordan Addison. We care. This team is yeah. always yeah. going to be competitive. This locker room, we're always going to be competitive. We're always in win-now mode, right? Under Kevin O'Connell and Kawefi Adosa Mensa, their general manager, we are always going to be pushing the envelope. We're never going to rest on our laurels. We're not tanking for a quarterback. We are trying to win football games. We're trying to get into the postseason. I think it sets the right type of culture in the building in the infancy stages of program building for the GM head coach combination. And if you're trying to assuage and, and, and appease the best wide receiver in football in Justin Jefferson, mm-hmm. this is the next best thing you can do aside from giving him a bag of money, which is making sure that he's got a competent quarterback to throw him the football. Coming up, we'll get your phone calls in on the Raiders. They're firing of the head coach, Josh McDaniels. Who would you bring in to run that team at 888-SAY-ESPN? We have the college football playoff committee, but uh, we'll get into that in terms of their rankings. But first, Canty has this from O'Reilly. When you need auto parts, O'ReillyAuto.com is just a click away. They offer convenient options for you to get your parts quickly. Order online at O'ReillyAuto.com and pick up for free at your local O'Reilly Auto Parts store. You can also have your parts delivered right to your door with free shipping on most orders over $35. Get your order fast with O'Reilly Auto Parts. Visit O'ReillyAuto.com today. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. This is the Unsportsmanlike Podcast on ESPN Radio. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Unsportsmanlike with Evan Canty and Michelle. Ohio State took the number one spot, two-time defending national champion Georgia, right behind them at number two. Michigan is number three, while Florida State is number four. I want to see who you beat, how you beat them, and as we progress through the season, are you playing better? You look at Ohio State, and you can't tell me those people sitting in that room, they don't watch how you're playing. Are you getting better? Are you getting worse? Sometimes a win is not just a win. The biggest takeaway is that Florida State might be under some pressure to finish as an undefeated ACC champion. It is Unsportsmanlike here on ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance. You can watch us on ESPN2. Hello, I'm Michelle Smallman, Chris Canty, Evan Cohen with you. Yes, as Small said, Raiders make a move in the middle of the night. They fire their head coach, Josh McDaniels, GM, Dave Ziegler, and college football playoff rankings came out yesterday. You heard some of the sound there. 
from Booger McFarland as well as Heather Dinich there uh, talking college football. Ohio State 1, Georgia 2, Michigan 3, FSU 4. My biggest takeaway is the two most important teams with the college football playoff that we saw yesterday, Penn State and Notre Dame. Because those are the wins that Ohio State had to get them number one. And it's a weird thing always because you're like, hey, Georgia's back-to-back champs. How can they not be number one? Last year and the year before don't matter for this year. Yeah, I mean, when you look at Georgia's strength of schedule, it's in the hundreds so far. Now, that's going to stiffen up as they move into the month of November because of the competition that they're going to face. But it's clear that the committee valued what's going on with the team's resume over what they're actually seeing on the field. From a talent standpoint, you can't tell me that Georgia doesn't belong to be the top dogs when it comes to the college football playoff rankings based on what we've known them to be on the last couple of years with Kirby Smart. But we'll see what happens. Ohio State still has that date with Michigan at the end of the mm-hmm. season, the, 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 the game as everybody calls it. And that's going to tell the tale as far as whether or not they're going to be a team that's viable for the actual playoff. But when you look at this situation – I think Florida State is the one that we have to watch because they're under the gun. I don't know that they're going to have the opportunity for a lot of quality wins, so to speak, in the committee's eyes. And given what we know the Pac-12 to be right now and the quality wins that we've seen not only Oregon have, but also Washington, who beat Oregon a couple of weeks ago, I just think if one of those teams runs the table – then you're probably ta- you're probably talking about Florida State potentially being on the outside looking in, even though they might have an undefeated record. Yeah, I imagine that they're a fan base that is nervous looking at the way the committee yeah. is, is yeah. uh, viewing these records. But yeah, obviously Ohio State getting the the top spot because it's not just what your record is and who you beat. It's it's well, it is who you beat. It's the opposition and where they're ranked. Um, also, looking at this, Washington having not lost a game, but I, I think the committee probably took into consideration that they struggled against Arizona State and Stanford, even though they were able to pull out the victory. So they're looking holistically at not only the teams, but how you beat them. Bill Hancock is the uh, executive director of the College Football Playoff Committee. He's scheduled to join us at 9.15 a.m. Eastern time, so make sure you tune in for that. Everybody buzzing, though, about the Raiders move last night. Where should they go next? I love CC's suggestion. I'm all in on Jim Harbaugh as being a successful coach, that maybe that's a door you knock on. I'll bring up another name and get used to me doing this. I'm going to bring them up for every college and pro uh, job opening, the Kansas football coach. No, no, no. Not the basketball coach. Not Bill Self. Lance Leipold has been successful everywhere he's been in the toughest of situations. Just remember that name. Clint in Chicago joins us in the Dr. Pepper call online, listening on ESPN 1000 in Chicago. What's up, Clint? Good morning, guys. Love your show. My son who's autistic. He's up early in the morning with me. We watched your show on TV uh, before I uh, get to work. I uh, wanted to talk to you really quick. Josh McDaniels, yeah, let's talk about it. He was great in New England, but look at Bill Belichick expected the best out of his guys. Look at Matt Patricia, fantastic coordinator for him. Couldn't be a head coach. Now let's move on to the next one. You said about Eric Bieniemy. Eric Bieniemy, he had problems with a temper. Yeah, he's passionate about the job, but that's why he didn't get the head, he didn't get the head coaching nod. The one that I want you to think about, Brian Flores, defensive coordinator, Minnesota. Brian Flores was a very good head coach, in my opinion, with the Dolphins. The Mm -hmm. reason that I don't think Brian Flores is going to get the Raiders job, twofold. One, he miscalculated Tua. He did not think Tua was very good, and Tua is literally potentially going to win the MVP this year. Mm -hmm. And two, they're not going to hire another Patriots guy. Yeah, Yeah. (laughs) They're not going to come off of Ziggler and McDaniel. It's not fair to Brian Flores, 
But they're not going to hire a Patriots but guy. They, yeah, you're also talking about a guy that sued the NFL for yeah. discrimination in hiring yes. practices. Yeah. Which probably takes him off the board to being a head coach. I, I, yeah. I was going to leave that I part out. I imagine owners yeah. aren't, aren't yeah. really yeah. fond of him. But you're right. They're not going to go down the Patriots road again because Josh McDaniels basically tried to turn the Raiders into Patriots West in yeah. a lot of different ways. And, you know, our caller there just brought up Matt Patricia, Josh McDaniels. At what point are we going to really drill in? And I know it was a collaborative effort. But how much of this was Tom Brady? I mean, Bill Belichick not having the same amount of success after Tom Brady left. Josh McDaniels not able to replicate the success he had in New England without Tom Brady beside him. I, I'm just saying we're getting some data points here that Tom Brady was a huge reason for the success in New England, not only with Bill Belichick, but obviously with his coordinator still. Smalls, listen, I'm, I'm going to say this, and I'm laughing as you're saying this. <laughs> I, I can't believe I can't even get it out. That's how hilarious it is. Like as fate would have it, the twist of irony: Tom Brady not getting just his former head coach Bill Belichick relieved of his duties in New England this season, but actually getting the current head coach in which he has a part ownership mm-hmm. of the Las Vegas Raiders clipped as well. Yeah, in the same season, people that stake their careers, their names, their reputations on Tom Brady and how he's made them successful, potentially losing their gigs. After he transitions out of the National Football League. In the wake of this breakup, the only person that's been able to have success is Tom Brady. Yeah. Wonder, <laughs> I mean, he's, he is the reason. I will also say, and I, I I'm going right? to reiterate. I can't help but laugh. I'm going to reiterate this a million. I don't know why people, I know you guys understand this. I don't know why people don't understand this. The Belichick assistants are trained to build programs. Most NFL teams do not allow their coaches to build a program over the course of time. There is a reason the Belichick assistants from Saban to Kirk Ferentz to Bill O'Brien have all been successful. Pat Hill, Fresno State, all been successful in college. They are college coaches. They are not pro head coaches. Charlie Weiss was successful in college? Initially, yeah. Not, I mean, at Notre Dame, not at Kansas, but initially, yeah. I, I'm sorry. I look at I, if I'm a college, so I'd hire a Bel- I would hire a Belichick guy. If I'm an NFL team, I would not hire a Belichick guy. Brian Flores. Brian Flores would be a phenomenal college head coach. Phenomenal. Jackson in Virginia, listening on Sirius XM 80. What's up, Jackson? Hey, what's going on, guys? What's up, Jackson? Hey, uh, two things. Number one, Ev, happy for you, man. Again, I've listened to you since the old spot, man. Happy Thank for you, you brother. Thank Doing you. Doing your thing up there. Uh, second thing. Um, I'm hoping that this is the end of the McDaniels coaching era, regime, whatever you want to call it. I hope he's done with being the head coach. I'm tired of seeing it. He's been bad for a long time. Am I, <laughs> I don't think you have to worry about that one. I don't think you have to worry about it. Second, I'm hoping. Like, I want to see this man for another decade as a head coach, period, if not longer. He is god awful at best and has been. He's a man's proven and documented. Um, I think the hardball move for them, for the Raiders, is probably it, man. I think it's almost obvious. I, I honestly think he's ready to go for Michigan, too. I think he's tired of all the mess, man. So, to me, that might be the best move right now. But thank yeah, you for your time, you, guys. You may, you may be right. And thanks for the call, Jax. Is there a race now for Harbaugh? The Bears have to think about him. The Chargers are, are teams. Like, these are teams he has connections to in mm-hmm. Chicago and, and L.A. Is there a race now for Jim Harbaugh? Are these teams going to be all in on him, or are they going to wait on this? Well, I mean, if you're the Vegas Raiders, you have first crack. So why would you not fly out to Ann Arbor and meet with Jim Harbaugh, especially with the controversy swirling and it taking another turn over the last couple of days with Central Michigan and what they were Mm -hmm. able to uncover um, in in terms of somebody being at one of their games and doing advanced scouting, um, the the Connor Stallion guy being there in, in Central Michigan garb. So I guess, yeah, if you're Jim, why wouldn't you listen? 
And this has been somebody that's actually interviewed over the last couple of coaching hiring cycles. He interviewed with the, for the job with the Minnesota Vikings a few years back before they ultimately landed on Kevin O'Connell. Why would you not sit down and listen to these organizations and what they would have to say? Now, I get it. He's at his alma mater. He's having a lot of sex, success. He's got this program rolling. So I, I, I guess it wouldn't necessarily feel like it's a situation where – you want to jump and leave that, but because of the controversy, because of the shifting landscape in college football, it, it just feels it feels like a no-brainer to sit down with Mark Davis and listen to what he has to say about potentially taking that job if Mark Davis deems that the right direction to go in. Coming up, will Aaron Rodgers actually come back this year? We'll get to that next on Sportsmanlike ESPN Radio. This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. It is Unsportsmanlike here on ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance. Now I'm just waiting for what's going to happen in the middle of the night tonight. Oh. Right? I mean, think about the middle of the night, at least for us. I'm sure yeah. there are many people that are working during that time yeah. and, and are still working now, getting off work yeah. right now. We get it. Everybody has different shifts. But for us, specifically, selfishly, middle of the night two nights ago, James Harden gets traded to the L.A. Clippers. Yeah. Middle of the night last night, the Raiders make the first big firing move of the season and firing their head coach and general manager Josh McDaniels and Dave Ziegler. Yeah. I don't think if we were to all say, hey, let's let's do a topic today and have a conversation today about first coach fired, I don't think any of us would have picked McDaniels, would we? No, not first coach fired, but we had him on the board, though. Yes. Like He was on the hot seat coming into this year. He Definitely. needed to prove that he had this Raiders team turned in the right direction, and they feel like they're hustling backwards. And when you have the best player on the team openly criticizing what's happening within the building, what's happening with the program that Josh McDaniels – is trying to build, it makes it hard to chart a path forward. It felt like they're holding Devontae Adams hostage. You got Mina Kimes tweeting out, free Devontae, you know, days before the trade deadline. That's how bad it's getting for the Raiders. Something had to happen. It was an untenable situation, and the owner decided to side with what he was hearing from the guys in that locker room that maybe you don't have the right decision makers in your head coach and the general manager, and that's why he relieved both of their responsibilities. Not only what you're hearing in the locker room, but the results on the field. Yeah. You, know, you, don't have, you don't have anything that you're seeing from this team that really makes you feel like Josh McDaniels is the guy moving forward. But I nope. guess I was just surprised that it was him first because – Historically, he gets more of a benefit of, a, of the doubt than other coaches do. So I was I was just surprised that he was first, not that he ultimately wasn't the guy. Can I ask you a question, Spalls? Does course. this does this does this put the comments from Devontae Adams in a different light that he made a couple of weeks ago when he says he he's not basing you know his standard on wins and losses? It's more about how we're playing. Does this give more credence to what he was what he was saying? Because a lot of people wanted to 
paint Devontae as a selfish player, somebody that's only concerned with his touches, his catches, his fantasy football stats, and not team success. It feels like this is, I, I, I don't know, it, it, it provides a little more color around the situation mm-hmm. that maybe there was something happening behind the scenes that Devontae was given voice to that not a lot of us actually recognized was as big of a problem as it turned out to be. Yeah, I think he was trying to tell us, hey, read read through the tea leaves here. Yeah, I'm, read, I'm, read through the record that we have by, yeah. by suspect opponents. I'm trying we're not to as tell good, you. We're not as good as what the record says we are. Yeah. Contrary to what Bill Parcells always says, you are what your record is. This was a team that wasn't playing up to its potential. They, they weren't actually ascending. They were... They were regressing based on where where they were at when Josh McDaniels took over to where they're at now. And I'm sorry for a coach whose expertise is on the offensive side of the ball to have the third worst scoring offense in the National Football League behind my Giants and the New England Patriots. That ain't a great place to be, and especially when you have Devontae Adams, who's one of the best receivers in football, and you got a first-team All-Pro running back in Josh Jacob, who led the league in scrimmage yards last year. Before we get to a conversation about another team that we thought maybe had a head coach that could be on the hot seat, he's no longer. I want to read you this. Hall of Fame wide receiver Tim Brown tweeted a couple of things at 81 Tim Brown. A lot of things I don't say because I know my words carry weight, and the players can't say it because they are in the fire. But I felt like this was a repeat of the 94 season when internally we knew we had a problem, but you couldn't say it publicly. And we all remember the Monday Night Football debacle in 03 versus Green Bay. I told Al Davis after the game, you have to make a change for the soul of your organization. Mid-season changes are not easy, so kudos to Mark for making this move. That's Tim I mean, Brown. that's essentially him backing Devontae 100%. Adams. 100%. That's what he's doing. Like, like, so we wanted to create this, uh, I guess, perception that Devontae Adams wasn't a leader when, in fact, he was being a leader. Like, if he was saying it publicly, I guarantee you there were players having those conversations privately in the locker room. And it was a flashpoint. It was an inflection point on Monday night with how bad that offense was. 157 total yards of offense is – you don't have to practice to do that, Smalls. Right. That's how bad it was. And so I guess this is – the only way forward for this franchise is to go ahead and cut your losses with Josh McDaniels. I'll credit Mark Davis because he's still got to pay Josh McDaniels that salary for four more years. He's going to have to pay out Dave Ziegler's salary. So, so I'll credit him for making an uncomfortable decision, an expensive decision, because now he's got to go out and hire those same positions and to get somebody that has the credibility in the player's eyes and somebody that has the competency to get this program back on track – it's going to cost you a lot of money. Yeah, when Devontae Adams made those comments, sometimes you have to take what players and coaches say through a decoder. You have to sift through what yeah. they're saying to hear what they're actually saying. Like when Ron – or excuse me, um, why can't I think of – Who are you thinking of? I'm thinking uh, – what were the comments that were made in Carolina? About oh, about Frank the ownership. Right. Frank, yeah, Frank, 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 Frank with Dave Tapper Frank, saying, basically he's saying he's too involved. Exactly. Thank you. I, it escaped me. I'm very tired today. But I, Devontae Adams is telling you – I'm giving you a peek behind the curtain without telling you exactly what's going on. I'm intimating that what's going on with the Raiders is not kosher. It's not what I expected it to be. I expected it to be much better. And I wonder if Mark Davis, coming off the success he's had with the Aces, is kind of riding high and he's like, I want the same success with the Raiders. And I give him credit for – it's never easy. Easy to make a change like this, especially in season. But I give him credit for saying this is not good enough. And we're going to – it might take a while, but we're going to find the right path. Yeah, you're giving him credit for making a mistake two years ago. And, and that's what I'm saying. Like, he made a mistake two years ago. He's now willing to admit that mistake, and he's willing to cut his losses and move forward with. 
There's not a player in that locker room that wouldn't applaud the owner for doing that, but that only goes so far in terms of, you know, I guess belief in the program until you hire somebody that the players think that they could have success with. And so now this is why it's so important for Mark Davis to get this one right. You've got to get out of the cycle of hiring and firing coaches every other year. As we mentioned, 12 head coaches over the last 20 seasons. That, that's, that's not going to put you in a position to have success. You've got to land on somebody that you trust to build your team and your program for the foreseeable future. All right, I want to play you something from Aaron Rodgers yesterday, who I'm sure the Raiders would have rather had than Jimmy Garoppolo, that's for sure. Uh, he was on the Pat McAfee show, and Rodgers was talking about his road to recovery. The goal is to come back, and the goal is to be able to have that conversation. Again, there's still a lot that has to happen. You know, Every week seems to be there's a progression. Sometimes when you're in it, it doesn't feel like anything's happening, and you're just stagnant to some sort of plateau. But then you look back and think, you know, I was walking on crutches uh, You know, with about a month ago. Now I'm able to take some dropbacks, put legitimate weight onto it, transfer my weight, get onto my front foot, um, You know, do uh, really high percentage body weight walking and, and calf raises, and um, we're just progressing. So so it's 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 really good. There's still a long way to go, and a lot of things have to happen. We obviously have to be, um, you know, still alive. But God, I love I love the vibe on the team. I'm proud of our guys. Yeah, listen, I understand what he's saying, and I believe what he's saying that he believes that. I also think this is by design to keep his guys motivated because for whatever reason, when he's around and when there's a possibility of him playing, they have played better. I don't think he's coming back this year. I think he wants the other guys in the roster to think he's coming back. So they are motivated, which is crazy in my mind, but they are motivated to keep the season alive to get him back in the lineup. Well, yeah, the possibility of him coming back has made a tangible difference. Remember, this team got turned around when Aaron Rodgers showed back up for that Kansas City game. And even though in a loss, um, you still saw signs that this team was figuring it out and Zach Wilson was figuring it out. So if Aaron Rodgers dangling out the carrot that he's coming back presents an opportunity for them to go out and play a little bit harder and be the best version of themselves, there's nothing wrong with it. Yeah, it's very odd that that would motivate them, but it has. And he's not on the field. We're Unsportsmanlike ESPN Radio. This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.